Welcome to another episode of the podcast, A Chat with Agata. My name is Agata Langer and I am a relationship coach. And I help women find fulfillment and happiness in relationships. I help them fall in love, to fall in love with the relationships they're in and to fall in love with themselves. And today what I want to give you is five ways that you can improve your relationships right away. Five things that you're not going to need any kind of therapy for, any kind of coaching, I'll give you right away so you can take empowered steps, actionable steps, and actually see results pretty much right away. Now, I will tell you, and you will hear it a lot of times when I speak here on this podcast, that what I'll tell you will require some kind of honesty from you and also courage because change isn't isn't easy and change requires us to really look honestly at ourselves and see what kind of input we give into our relationships that might be not the best one, right? Not Might be not supporting that harmony or that connection that we're looking for in a relationship. So the first thing that I have for you is to drop your expectations. And I know that you might be right now like, what is she crazy? What is she talking about? If I drop all my expectations, then I'm going to be the one doing all the heavy lifting, doing all the work here. He's just not going to care. And the whole family and the whole household will just fall apart. Or you might be thinking, okay, well, he's not doing much as it is. Like he's just not contributing to the household chores. He hardly spends any time with the kids. And so if I even drop my expectations now and don't expect him to do anything, then he's just going to probably sleep on the couch or watch Netflix or whatnot, right? He'll totally, it it will will totally separate. And so what I want to encourage you to do is just to give it a try. Because what what it is that you're doing right now is probably not working, right? And I'll tell you why it's not working. When we have high expectations of other people, and usually they connect it to the high expectations that we have of ourselves, we want to kind of everybody to share the same standards of maybe being hardworking or being involved in something or being committed to something. We want everybody to... Uh, to kind of act according to the same standards as we have. However, what happens is that we get into that position of a controller, of a person who is controlling others, of a person who is not really a partner, but more like a parent or maybe an employer or maybe somebody who is above another person. And when you position yourself in that role, you can be sure that the other person will do less than they even want to do. A lot of times my my son actually, um, just a couple of days ago, it popped into my mind. I took out the garbage bag, the full garbage bag, and I placed it next to the garbage can. And I was going to uh, either take it my, out myself or ask him to do it really didn't matter how I was going how it was going to go but I think he finished his meal and he came over and I said hey Ryan um, grab the garbage bag and take it out for me please and he is like mom you know what I was just gonna do it myself but the minute you ask me to do it I want to do it less 
And it's like, it's human psychology, right? Like, because we all want to contribute. We really all have that part of us that wants to give, that wants to nurture another person and who wants to give, whether it's, it's your effort or your time, your energy, whatever it is. But when we're met with another person, right? Where we, where we in that equation with another person who is constantly pushing us to do it and who's constantly like holding that whip over us and who's constantly demanding, then we just don't want to do it. We just kind of go into that outer end of, the, of that equation and we just curl up and we're like, well, I'm just not going to do it because I don't feel like being parented here. I'm not a child, but I'm being treated like a child. And it looks like she's got all the plans for me. She's got the blueprint of our, of our relationship for me. So, well, I'll just do the least that I can. And trust me, when, when, when we live in that environment of that being that controlling um, or being controlled, then we then we lose our authenticity. We feel like we cannot be the person, the fully the person who we, we want to be and show all our goodwill and our talent talents and and just show show up as we want to show up because somebody else has a plan for us. So try to find heart in heart in you, that kind of heart-centered energy where you admit to yourself that yeah okay I've been controlling too much I'm sorry I've been treating you as a child I know you're not a child I know that you're fully capable of making decisions and I know that you see where I might need help and if I need help I will instead of demanding I will just ask you hey do you think that you can help me with the dishes or the dinner because I'm having a hard day or maybe I have other things to do and or maybe just help out because because I need help. As simple as that. But when it comes as a demand or that demanding energy, the other person will withdraw. So see what expectations you have or see where you've been trying to parent your partner instead of actually being partners. Because this is what you want. You want partnership, right? You don't want an, one person being above another. Partnership means being equal, right? Just give your partner a chance to do that. And I promise you, it will turn itself around. Another thing, so number two, that was number one, <laughs> release your expectations. Number two, look into your triggers. So back when I was, when my relationship, my marriage was at a brink of a divorce, it was totally falling apart. I used to be triggered a lot. So whatever... It could be like a little thing that my husband either said or didn't say because I was expecting him to say or to do something and he didn't and that. So there was like almost like a no win, right? Like whatever he did or didn't do, it would trigger me anyway. Well, what I didn't know that those triggers were really deeply connected to my upbringing, to my unresolved issues from childhood. They were connected to the programming that I've received, to my subconscious thinking, to my subconscious beliefs. And then when, when the trigger happened, it was just like poking a sleeping bear, right? And not just poking him, but poking him on, on deep wounds. I was the bear, 
right away. <laughs> and I didn't realize that was all happening. And what was speaking through me was really not me, not that love energy that I am and that you are as well. But all those wounds were speaking through me. So when I had the need to really defend myself or fight to my position in the relationship or show how I'm right and he's wrong because there's always been, I've always was looking for that guilty party, right? And I didn't want to be guilty. I didn't want to be wrong, absolutely. So I was looking for ways to prove how I was better, better than he was, how I was doing more than he was, how I was being a better parent than he was, and all that. It was just subconsciously happening for me. So once I started looking at my triggers and seeing, oh, okay, this like really hurt my feelings. What's going on here? And just kind of trying to connect it. Where was the last time that I felt like this? Did I feel like that a lot as a child? And then it was like, bing, yes, because my parents made me feel like that when and then and then fill in the blanks, right? So once I started unraveling that, I was I was also more and more in control of my reactions connected to those triggers. So all those energy pools that I was trying to get from him and all those wins, quote unquote, that I was trying to get and to collect really weren't happening anymore. And, and the conflict, all those arguments in our relationship were getting fewer and farther between. Because instead of me lashing out right away when the trigger would happen or would take a place, I would take a step back and think about it for a second and say, okay, do I really, am I really right? Lashing out or trying to protect me because I feel somebody is against me because that's what it was like it constantly felt like my partner was against me like he was doing things to me all the time but I promise you that if you look closer at those triggers then you will see that they just connected deeply to unresolved issues usually from childhood usually the way how we've been programmed and I know that when I say programmed it almost feels like we're a machine but but we actually kind of are because we just like as as children up to the age of seven ish we just take everything on at face value we don't question things we just take things just exactly as they are and we take them as our own and that becomes our operating system so if that operating system is faulty at places and really doesn't, is not designed to support a healthy relationship, then what's going to happen? It will just simply backfire. And correcting that is the key. That's exactly what I do with women to help them connect the dots and connect the pieces and to heal those unresolved issues. And then, and then the situation, like all those triggers just stop happening because there's nothing to trigger. If the wounds are healed, then even if somebody's poking at them, then you're not going to respond because it's not going to be hurting you because there is no wound anymore. So that's the key. Another thing that I have for you, number three, admit that you're wrong when you are wrong. So this, you wouldn't believe how hard it is for a lot of women and a lot of sometimes people, right? just to stand in front of somebody and say, I was wrong. 
I couldn't do that. I, back then, when I was wrong, I would just be like silent, just not say anything, just let it like dissipate, wash off in a couple of days. And I'll tell you the first time when I actually stood in front of my husband and I told him that I was wrong to say or do something. I can't remember what the situation was exactly, what, what it was all about. I told him, but I do remember we were in the kitchen in our old house in New York. And I remember because he was speechless. Like he, he was so confused that I told him I was wrong, that he didn't know what to do with it. You know why? Because he was ready to take on a fight because that's what it was. Like I would never before, I would never admit that I was wrong. Then he was ready to just take that sting and to prove me that I was wrong because in his eyes I was and I actually was, right? I just didn't want to admit it. So what he was used to is just that, again, back and forth, back and forth that would cause that argument and, and that being snippy, snappy and just looking for the guilty party instead of being honest, right? So the first time that, that it happened, he was just so taken back, so confused that he stood there and he didn't know what to say. And then I think he said something along the lines like, are you okay or you just admitted you were wrong like who are you and where is my my wife who took my wife and i think he might have even said something about aliens taking taking his wife over and he's going to go look for her because he just didn't rec recognize me so it was a really great vulnerable moment and yes it takes a lot of freaking courage and a vulner vulnerability but trust me, whether it's your partner or your children or anybody else, if you stand in front of them and you are and you're open and tell them you were wrong, that is not a sign of weakness. That is actually a sign of huge strength to be able to be honest with yourself and really open like that um, up in front of other people. And I'll tell you that you are going to respect and love yourself for it if you if you do it. And I don't care if it's a little or a big thing. It is not going to be that you have suddenly less value because you were wrong. You will actually add on value, that sense of self-value in your own eyes and in the eyes of others. Because you had the courage to stand there and say that you were wrong. So the next point and what comes after that, and I believe that's, um, that might be number four. Oh, I lost the count. Is to be able to say, I'm sorry. And there's one thing to admit that you're wrong and, and another which, which you think, well, like that should follow, right? Is to say, I'm sorry. However, we a lot of times don't even know how to apologize because well, our apology might look like, well, I'm sorry, but you know, I get taken away by my emotions and I say stupid things or well I'm sorry but you know you weren't helping me here and I was just and I was just so tired and exhausted and I snapped at you and that so there's always some kind of but right but following our apology where the real apology that will really land for other people when they will be able to receive it is the one without those buts which is just a pure and simple I'm sorry. And then just shut up. 
Don't try to fill in. Don't try to find excuses for you why it happened or why you reacted that way. Just find your heart, that energy of vulnerability. Let down your walls and actually say, I'm sorry. If you look them in the eye, that will be even better. If you stand there without your shields, even better. And the last thing that I wanted to talk to you about that you could do right away is to actually start appreciating your partner. And, um, and you might be thinking, okay, you don't know what I'm dealing here with, Agatha. You don't know what I have. And I'll tell you that all is a matter of perception. Because yes, you might be dealing with somebody who is maybe rude to you, maybe says really, says nasty things. And I'll tell you that a lot of people will do that when they feel endangered in a situation when they don't feel safe. And maybe in the first place, you've created that environment. And I know that you want the best and you want to be the best person. But even if those things happen, those nasty things, your partner is trying to teach you something about you. And maybe that is that you need to step up and create healthy boundaries. Maybe that's what your partner is trying to teach you. Whatever it is that's happening, have appreciation for it. And also, yes, for those bad things, right, that are happening in the relationship because those are trying to teach you. But also a lot of times, and this is exactly what happened back with me, is that I chose to be picky about and nitpicking about all those things that I wasn't getting from my husband, about all those things that he wasn't, or all those things that he needed to be, but he couldn't, instead of really looking at the things that he was and that he was giving me and focusing on those. If you are familiar with the law of attraction, then whatever you focus on will grow. And whatever you neglect will die. And that is true for a lot of people that a lot of especially if you're the person who is trying to work on being positive, right? You might be actually right now sitting and accusing your partner of being a negative person and always seeing the bad in things or always criticizing you for things instead of looking at the things that you're doing for the family and for your partnership. And yet you're choosing the same thing, focusing on the criticism instead of focusing on what your husband is for you. And I can give you my own example from my own life is that um, back then I would start comparing my husband, well, to me because he wasn't like me because I was motivated. I was trying to build businesses up and I was just motivated to get the house cleaned and he was disorganized and just all that thing trying to compare him just so he can be like me where I didn't realize that I was trying to build up my own ego by showing myself how great I was and he wasn't and it was just my ego speaking through me and then I was trying to compare him to my father my father is he actually born on the same date in October and and I was trying to compare and be like well my father can do this and he can do that and and he's this and he's that and you aren't. And that was causing a lot of chaos inside of me. Yes, that comparison. And also that was just like beating my husband up because he could see it. 
And how could he ever show me what he has for me and and uh, the values that he has, the talents that he has, that, that he's a very responsible person, that he is kind of, you know, stable, like a rock for me, and he's always been there for me, and he's always kind of had my back. I just could never see it, right? But I could never do that because he just was busy defending him poor self against all the arrows that I was sending his way. And that was hurting him because he, he just felt like crap when I was doing it, when I was calling him or when I thought about him as lazy, unmotivated, which is absolutely false. I just didn't see it that way because I was comparing him to somebody else. And constantly trying to have him be somebody he wasn't. Instead of letting him really be the great person that he was, I just couldn't see it. And I know that you might be at this point, well, I, yeah, that might be for you, Agatha, but you know, I, you really don't know what I have here. Well, if you take my first point when I, and I talked about expectations and about releasing that need to control and parent your spouse or your partner... And then you start actually make a list of those things that you do appreciate and start focusing on them and bringing them up and actually maybe mentioning once in a while to your partner once in a while to start with. And then a lot. Hey, I really appreciate you when you do this and that. Oh, do you know what that would do to your relationship? But really coming from the heart and being like, yeah, you know what? I really, I could never see that you were this or that for me but i can see this now and and thank you for that and hey tell him thank you for all the harsh lessons that lessons that you had for me i couldn't see that they were lessons for me but i thank you for them and i'm going to try to um to maybe heal and learn from them and look deeply into them and what my role is in that whole relationship so I hope it helps. Those are the five points that if I were to go back again, those were pivotal. Uh, that that is, um, that is kind of a sample of what you can do yourself absolutely to start turning this whole thing around and actually seeing results right away. And before I go, um, I mentioned that in the last episode, I'll mention that again. I have four spots open for motivated women who work, want to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. Yes, so one-on-one -on -one is a, an opportunity of a program that might not happen again because I'll be focusing on group programs, but I know that group programs are not for everyone. Not everyone thrives in a group environment. I uh, like group programs, but I also know that when I'm with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, I can get to my goal faster because that person focuses only on me, only on my situation, and I can put those pieces together so much faster. I know that from my own experience, your experience might be the same. So I have four spots open, only four because that's what my schedule will allow right now because it is a one-on-one -on -one time that I'm giving you. And so my schedule allows me to accommodate four people so I can actually focus on them and give them the best that I can and not be distracted with other things. Um, and this is by application only. So underneath this episode, I will list a, a link to an application to take. And there, it's a very short application. There's only like 
I think six or seven questions, very simple questions. And one of them is to give me, for you to give me your name and email address and phone number so I can actually contact you. That's one of the questions. So it's, it's a very short uh, and easy application process. And then when you're done with that, you'll be asked to make a deposit to, that will go toward the program should you get accepted. If you are not accepted, if, when we chat together, when we have a consultation and I decide you're not the greatest fit because I'm not the greatest person to help you in, with your challenges, that deposit will be given back to you right away. But if I see your situation and I'm like, you know what, that's exactly what I deal with every single day. That's exactly what I help women with. I can help you. Then that deposit will go toward the fee for the entire program. So I'm just so excited. I'm so excited to start taking applications and to seeing who will be the greatest fit. And um, and you, if you feel that we're going to be really good working together and then I can help you with your relationship struggles so you can finally set that stage clean, heal from all that and move on with your life to whatever else to, that you want to, then please fill out the application and we'll take it from there. And until next time, thank you for listening. Bye.